This episode is brought to you in part by Thomas Nelson, publisher of Now and Not Yet. Pressing in when you're waiting, wanting, and restless for more. Written and narrated by best-selling author Ruth Cho Simons and is available everywhere audiobooks are sold. Welcome back to the Build a Better Us podcast. The president of Build a Better Us, B.J. Thompson, and licensed therapist John J.P. Parker are about to discuss spiritual, relational, and personal development from a refreshing perspective. Be sure to stay tuned to the end to find out how you can become a part of the BBU Nation. But for now, we hope you enjoyed this conversation with BJ and JP. Hello, everybody. I'm John Parker. And I'm BJ Thompson. And this is the Build a Better Ups podcast. Today, we are talking about Christian dating in 2018. We've talked about other types of dating in 2018, but the people have been just like, I don't know, relentless in getting a title that sounds like this, that comes from a perspective that we're about to come with, with the goal of making sure that people understand that Christians can date too. And I guess I don't. we're not necessarily giving people permission, but I think by the end of this show, mm. we're going to give people the game that's necessary in order to successfully date as a believer, as someone who follows the teachings of Jesus Christ. And somewhere in involving in this dating process, they won't have to compromise their belief systems. Is that is that too much on the plate? Is that is that how does that sound? Yeah, no, that's good. That's good, man. You sound real gracious and, and loving and kind and all go. those different things. That's all I know. Yeah, I would say, man, you know, when I think about Christian dating in 2018, mm-hmm. I want to go back to the year of 2000. Mm-hmm. Okay? And in the year of 2000, um, I was somewhat of a savage mm-hmm. coming from Dallas, Texas, doing my thing, dating randomly, um, being in a lot of situationships. It's what the youth call it today. Mm-hmm. They call it situationships. Yep, yep. Um, I was in a lot of them. And at the age of 19, came to a meaningful relationship uh, with Jesus Christ. Um, not the white Jesus, but the real Jesus. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, one of the things that I realized v- very quickly was that I wanted to see my faith align with my relational values. And so I think part of the reason why people are asking about, yo, what about the Christian dating? is because it's very challenging to see. Now, tell me with this new life, what does new relationships look like, right? And there's a whole culture, right? So I got involved with a small community of people uh, and got introduced to what's now called the side hug, okay? Mm. Christian side mm-hmm. hug. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Have you heard of this before? It's called a uh, Christian side hug. Mm-hmm. Yep. No? Yes. You've heard of this before? I, I've seen yeah, it so, Bro, it's really interesting. So the Christian side hug, for those of you who are not familiar, is a way of engaging in uh, affection and welcoming of another individual, but it's based on a hug that you don't actually touch the other person. Call like your side hug. It's like your shoulders touch the other individual as a way of saying, I recognize you, but I don't want to be close to you. Okay? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And... I learned very quickly that my upbringing of Dallas, Texas, regular hugs, regular hugs was seen as flirtatious. Um, regular hug is like, 
you my bae, you my boo. Um, you are, <laughs> we're dating, right? And no one told, JP, listen to this. No one told me about this memo. Okay. I never heard about this memo before, right? Uh-huh. And so what I think people are asking is, you know, given all of the social norms, right? And, and, and you can say this, and I want to love to hear your thoughts on this. How does one engage in meaningful relationship given the changing of terms and the integration of faith? JP, when you think about it, what are some ways that you've seen potentially a difference in how you connect your faith to relationships or how relationships have been connected in your faith settings? Yeah. What's some things you've seen? Maybe potentially Uh, different. Go ahead. Yeah. I think the biggest thing I've seen when it is done well is the intentionalness, right? The intentional nature of engaging in a monogamous relationship. And I think that maybe for me, I guess the hang up is the idea of dating because if I am, the conversation I'm going to have with my children is like, hey, dating in my time was synonymous with necessarily like seeing what this other person had to offer. And it didn't necessarily Mm. mean that it was only one person that you were seeing what they had to offer, right? Mm. Dating was an opportunity to get to know how to engage someone in conversation, how to be around somebody, how to not be so awkward or how to be awkward, but it's yourself and it's accepted. Like it was, it wasn't like this end all be all like, hey, I'm dating you because I want to get married, right? And so I think that's what happens sometimes in Christian circles is that we have to be dating with the intentions of getting married. And so when you're talking about what I've seen done well, it's a matter of like, okay, people being able to state whether or not this is a, we're seeing where this is going versus we're trying to be intentional off top of being just us. And we're going to be in this monogamous thing so we can see where this takes us. Does that make sense? Is, are they, it does. are you hearing, are you hearing me say two different things there? No, 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 no. So what I hear is that there's an intentionality that comes with this faith community that could be a little bit different than just kind of living in life. And that it's intentionality based off of one's conviction of faith and belief. Is that what I'm here? Right. And it's it's not the idea that I guess what I'm trying to say, there's a there's a there's a separation of like, okay, we are so moving from California to the south, there's this thing where like people assumed, Christians assumed that they were going to find their, if this is what they did, if they went to college, that they were going to find their mate in college. Like I'm going to get, by the time I get out of college, senior year, junior year, I've met that person. By the time we graduate, we're married, right? Type of thing. Um, yeah. Versus it Bring being, my spring. Right, right, right. There you go. <laughs> yeah, bring you, my spring. There you Just go. For me with that. Bring my spring. It's a thing. Go ahead, bro. Right, bro. So that's foreign to me, right? So, I, But I think the idea is that there is one thing to be like, hey, I am wanting to be monogamous with you because I want to potentially marry you versus I have to be Mm. monogamous with you because we're quote unquote dating and we're Christians. You know what I'm saying? So I think for me, it's like 2018 and beyond. What happens if you remove the title dating, right? Because I think dating itself leads to shenanigans in the terms of like, because traditionally dating is to see what's up. That's the, the goal of dating is to see what's happening, not to, about to, about yeah, to marry yeah, yeah. Tomorrow. you know what I'm saying? I'm not, <laughs> you know what I mean? So I guess like if, if people are trying to walk a line where it's like, okay, there's some intentionality that's here. Then I think that has to be the thing where it's like, all right, well, this is the goal of this 
thing that we're doing is to be monogamous so that there's something else after this, not to see what's up. You know what I mean? And I think that's where it's like, all right, well, I think first people need to first qualify in their minds. What are they trying to do? Because like, the problem is if you're not ready to be married, then I don't think you should be monogamous, right? I think you, you can kick it and I don't even think you need to date. Like if you're not in a position where you're ready to like settle down, dating and monogamy is not something I think people should take on lightly. You know what I'm saying? Mm. So I think I may have fast forwarded too much and got ahead of the conversation. So I, th- I think what what I'm hearing you say is that the intentionality that is, that is assumed through faith, because remember, it's a moral value system, right? Right. And moral value systems assume a shared understanding about the world right. based off of one's belief of a creator and the implications of that in a relationship. And if that being the case, that there are boundaries that bound us up. Now, interesting enough, though, we as human beings skew those boundaries. Right. We assume that those boundaries will just happen based off of that. And what we realize is that even though we transcend into faith communities, that relationships are less than perfect and they oftentimes have a lot of challenges, right? I was talking to one of my colleagues. I'm going to quote her, Lisa Fields, who uh, is a good colleague, and we are chatting about this. She is also a single, and I've had a, a lot of conversations with a, a lot of people around this issue. And she was sharing with me some of the challenges that occur within the process of Christian dating, okay? One of the challenges that occur is what we would call the waiting for God moment. Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, JB, you've been, been down the street and you were in a bind, in a predicament, and you needed God to come through. And and then you prayed, God, just give me a sign. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. Sometimes in these environments, when it comes to dating, people will give themselves over to all sorts of relational change, mm-hmm. growth, connection. Mm-hmm. And yet not really feel confident about the person that they're dating because they're waiting for God to give them a sign, mm-hmm. right? <laughs> you know, is the bumper sticker? Is that um, a feeling? <laughs> All those different things. Have you seen this in your, <laughs> in your relationship, JP? Have you ever been in a situation where you were waiting for God to give you a sign in, uh, the, in relationship? I mean, again, I might be wired different, but I think for me, I, I knew within... I don't know. Like, again, if we're looking at how I dated, I knew within, you know, a date or two or a conversation or two whether or not this was going to be a long-term situation. You know what I'm saying? So it's kind of like I would be in the problem where I would be in something like, okay, how do I get out of this? My my thing was like, Lord, help me get out of this without her stabbing me or without her hating me for the rest of my life or her life or whatever the case may be. So I think, yeah. So, yeah, there was definitely, I think, times where it was like, all right, up front, I was like, all right, well, Lord, let, you know, let me see everything and let me not be like, um, what's the word, blinded by my own, like wanting her to be the one per se. Um, and then it was like, oh, when I found out what the really, what the real person was about, then it was like, oh, yeah, I need to get out of here. So I think in my <laughs> life, God was gracious enough to just give it to me up front. You know what I'm saying? In, in most of the most of the dating situations I was in. But I, but I, it's what you're saying Bro. is not off. What you're saying is right, though. Like people do wait for that. But listen, right. think about how challenging that is, right? Yeah. So you're dating someone, you've already committed to them. You are giving them affirmation to persist in the relationship 
And yet you're not sure if they're the one because you're waiting for God to give a sign. Right. Yeah. Think about how challenging that is. Yeah. JP, yeah. think about the fact that you have already initiated the relationship. You're fueling yeah. it. You're feeding it. You're yeah. paying for dates. Yeah. You're having long conversations. Yeah. And you're waiting for God to give you a mysterious sign and you don't know what that sign is. Right. Right? Yes. And so I think one of the challenges, again, I think is rightfully so, mm-hmm. is that people in these faith environments are waiting for a mysterious sign Mm-hmm. To say, hey, this is the right person, right? Yep. Now, here's the trouble about it. You're getting to know this individual. You're hearing their heart. You're hearing their story. You're hearing their narrative. You're getting closer to them. Y'all going on dates. You're doing things that will reflect, yo, I really am genuinely interested in you. But truth of the matter is, you don't know if you really want this relationship because you need a shining light, a Gideon moment, right? <laughs> a Gideon moment is when you put out a test to God, your creator, and he sends back a dry mat, right? Mm-hmm. Unbeknownst to the other person who then is giving their heart away. This episode is brought to you in part by Beyond Ordinary Women Ministries, which prepares Christian women for leadership at Bow. We believe that every woman is a leader because she influences someone. So, whom do you influence? Do you mentor a woman, serve in the workplace, or do you lead a small group, teach the Bible, or even lead an entire ministry? No matter who or how many you influence, our free online resources will help equip you. Our videos, podcast episodes, and articles from experienced women leaders will encourage you and perfect your leadership skills. They offer wisdom for dealing with ministry pitfalls, current biblical issues, health for your own soul, and insights for shepherding others well. In addition, BOW offers Bible studies designed to connect women of multiple generations. They provide a challenge to both women new to the Bible and those wanting to dig deeper. Be our guest and browse all of our free resources and low-cost Bible studies at beyondordinarywomen.org. How do you wrestle through this idea of a sign Mm -hmm. and people waiting for this thing, even the one, right? Let's go into the idea of the one. How do you wrestle through that even in leadership or how have you even seen that? Yeah. So let me, are we on the same page as saying that it's problematic to be waiting for signs? Yes, I think so. Okay. Whew. Okay, cool. Man, cuz yeah, yeah, I was you know, I wasn't I wasn't able to read you. <laughs> I was like, "All right, wait a minute." <laughs> so, yes. And I guess this is kind of like getting to my point of like this whole idea of like what is the purpose? What is the goal? Are you even ready to be moving in the direction of marriage, right? Because if you're dating somebody like you're saying, spending money, going out, thinking like this person may be the one, but you're waiting for a sign, I I I think mm-hmm. that if you have to wait for a sign, then you already know the answer to the question, right? You know what I'm saying? Like, like if you're mm. if you're spending time, if you're doing all these things, if you're getting to know the person, what has happened outside of the Lord opening up the skies and saying John Parker is the one? Like, I think people don't want to pay attention to their intuition, and they just want that person to be something that they're not. Mm. And so I think that's where this idea of waiting for the sign is. Like, yo, I don't like this, 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 this about John, but. If this, 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 and this happens, then I'll know he's the one, right? No, you already know he's not the one because there's these things telling you that he's not the one, right? 
So I think wow. the issue comes, we try to force a square peg in a round hole and we want this person to be the one. So then we get this sign to kind of like validate us pushing through something we shouldn't push through. Um, okay. I'm Okay. Hey, work with me. No, you, you know what listen, I'm saying? Listen, you should have love on the people right now. Listen to this, bro. Listen, you're loving on the people because what you're saying is this. If it's real, it's real. You're not waiting on the sign. Come on. That's it. Go ahead, bro. That's I'm it. listening to you. Go ahead, man. Come on. Life coach. Go it, ahead. If, Keep going. Hey, bro, if if elders or whoever the leaders are in the church or whatever the case may look like, um, we're able to have those real conversations and say, hey, this probably isn't the one because they're, you know, maybe they're afraid to hurt the person's feelings or they want to give it a chance or maybe they feel like the person will grow and develop. Usually by the time you're 20, 22, 23, 45, you're already set in your ways, right? The Lord may still work mm-hmm. and the spirit may shape and mold you, but you are who you are as a person on a developmental level. And so as, as leadership, as elders, as, as people that are influencing and, and inputting into people's lives and coaching them or whatever, like if you're allowing people to wait for signs and not having real conversations with them and saying that, hey, what did I say? Green lights, red lights don't turn green. You know what I'm saying? Like you. you no, that's a quote. Listen, people are quoting you right now. It's people right. all over the world. I saw somebody the other day quote you. And so red lights don't turn green. I go, oh, that's JP. That's saying, JP's bro. quote. Go ahead. I'm saying so if 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 people are allowing people to wait for signs and, and not be real with them and not have real hard conversations saying, hey, cut this short before you waste any more time, like that's that's problematic. And so I think that it I I've seen it done well in a sense where people are made to like, yo, we gotta you y'all, y'all need to think through this and wrestle through this because these things aren't gonna change. And so what what is the goal now? What are you doing? Are you just afraid to be alone? Are you spent all this time and now you don't wanna say you were wrong? Do you, you know, do you not want to be embarrassed because you're like, yo, you was dating such and such for X amount of time and what do you mean, you know, you didn't mm-hmm. get a sign, you know, whatever, you know what I mean? So I think I think it's those background things that kind of play into the part of the sign. Like, hey, you don't want to be wrong. Hey, you've already invested this time. Hey, you don't have anybody telling you you need to cut it short. And you're also playing yourself into thinking that these things will get better. Or just you just have a problem with, you know, uh, what's the word? Choosing if it's the guy, you know what I'm saying? If it's the girl, it's like, you know, you want him yeah, to choose, but, you know. Go ahead, go ahead. I'm yeah, sorry. let's shift a little bit into that. I, I, I love this idea of... You know, this sign, man, we're waiting for a sign. And I think the the problem with waiting for signs is that embedded within it is a sense of mysticism, void of your own choice. Right. And here's the reality about relationships. Relationships demand that you not only wait for a sign, but you choose for a lifetime. Yeah. And <laughs> because, right. right, think about this, yeah. right? Yeah. I've been married for 16 years. You've been married for seven or eight? Seven, going on seven, yeah. Imagine if you were waiting for a sign to love your wife. Bro, I was just about to say that. Like, we don't do that with friends. We don't do that with jobs. We don't do that with TV shows, bro. Like, you give a TV show two episodes. I don't like it. You ain't waiting for signs for it to get better. Like, you just feel like it's done. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, people that you meet and you don't really bother with, you didn't be like, well, let me hang out with this person seven more times and see if they're going to be somebody I want to be friends with, bro. Like, yes, what do I look like waiting for a sign to love my wife, bro? It doesn't make you... Okay, sorry. All right, I'm back. No, 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 listen. This this is a good thing. And so here's what I'm saying, is that the waiting on the sign mentality in the faith community is so prevalent because what it says is, well, you're almost the in-between. You're as I wait for my real person, right? Come on. If yeah. we can be honest about it, sometimes people hide behind I'm waiting for a sign because they don't believe you the one, but they don't want to be lonely. Right. 
Yeah. They don't want to be by themselves. Listen, mm-hmm. Valentine's Day coming up. Come on. Uh, Christmas coming up. Got to have some uh, under that tree. Uh, Easter coming up. Summer, listen, yep. summer vacation is coming up. Yeah. I would rather be with someone in between on vacation, hanging out, doing fun things with someone that is interesting. You ever heard the term, my phone is dry, yep. right? Yeah. It's the idea that no one's no one's contacting me. I'm yep. not going on dates. I don't have no prospects. I don't have no roster. So yep. guess what? I can leverage this idea of waiting on a sign because what it says is you could or could not be, but it's better to have than to not have. And I think one of the deficits of being in a faith community is that we can hide behind the fact that we are fearful of being alone by saying we're waiting on a sign for the one Mm -hmm. so that we get our itch scratched with Bay with things we enjoy relationally. What are some things you've seen with clients in terms of hiding behind this idea of a creator or hiding behind, you know, God in order for you to get your itch scratched? Anything you've seen hiding behind God to get your itch scratched? I mean, it it usually shows up in the form of like long-term engagements, or just, yeah, even long-term dating relationships when there's no real buy-in. I mean, it can be both parties. It can be one person. But it's it's in most relationships where things are going on for a long time, again, whether it's a long engagement, like literally you were engaged or long dating, is that people are either, like you're saying, waiting for the, some, some greener grass to come by or they don't really have a destination for where the relationship is going. And so it's easy to hide behind, well, we're just waiting on the Lord. Oh, we're just seeing what God is saying. Oh, we're just, you know, we don't, we, we don't know just yet. You know what I mean? And, and it's, it's because God isn't usually responding. So it's easy. You, you know, it's wow. like, bro, it's like when people tell you like, you know, hey, well, God told me when they're trying to justify a bad decision, right? And so you can't really go against that because unless God, you know, unless God wrote it down on a piece of paper and signed it, said, you know, God, you, you can't really go against that. So same thing with dating is if people saying, well, God hasn't given us the green light or, you know, we just seeing what the Lord has to say is like, well, I mean, it's 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 an easy way to shut you down from you being able to say, hey, man, y'all playing games and y'all need to, you know, cut this short or mm-hmm. or do something different. You know, what I'm, does that, that makes sense. It Listen, it does. So what, what I hear you saying is that people hide behind God with their own fears, doubts, and insecurity. Yeah. And because we hide behind God, listen, that's a trump card, right? Yeah. Who can challenge you on the fact that God ain't gave you a sign, right? And so what I hear you saying is that it's easy for us to hide behind the God trump card, right? Mm-hmm. What are some ways that you see, and I guess I'll I'll start with this, that people can begin to, uh, we'll, we'll call it demystify, and this is just part one. I think there's a ton of things that we need to talk about, but demystify their lives, right? Mm-hmm. I think one of the ways that if you are in the faith community or a Christian community or a theological community, and you need to date and engage relationally, I think one of that has to happen is you need to deconstruct your own experiences and relationships and not assume that your conversion equates a maturity in relationships, right? Right. <laughs> Tell right. you what right. I mean, Absolutely. right? Mm-hmm. Jesus paid it all 
doesn't mean that somehow all the things that you have distorted relationally, emotionally, and spiritually as it relates to interpersonal relationships have all disappeared. Right. Right. And I think because of that, it then necessitates that you don't just look forward, that you look backwards. Right. What's mm-hmm. a sober assessment of your relationships? Did you have situationships? Were you flighty? Were you fearful of commitment? Did you ghost on people? We, we used this, <laughs> this term last time. Will you disappear? Right? Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. Do you have traumas? Do you potentially have a chemical imbalance? Right? <laughs> yeah, do you yeah. have some entangling situations like a baby mama? relationships unsettled and unresolved with other people that will keep you from committing? What are those things and have you confronted them? And if you fail to confront them, they're now going to plague you in the next relationship. And so Mm -hmm. one of the application points that I would say is just because Jesus paid it all doesn't mean that it all disappeared. It Mm -hmm. means that you now have the power to confront these things looking backwards and not just pretend they went away because you're looking forward. What's another practical application you would give the audience in this setting about their faith relationships? Again, this is just part one. Yeah, for sure. Because it's clear. Go ahead. Yeah, no, I I think I'm going to stick to the standing behind God and just thinking through the first point we made. It's just like, you know, On a practical level, you're absolutely right. Like you have to assess whether or not your dating habits are wrong, right? Or they're faulty Mm. or they lead you into a situation where you're waiting on God uh, or you're waiting for a sign. Um, And we really have to assess whether or not the way we are going about engaging someone romantically is the best way to lead to a healthy relationship. But I think up, up front, we have to understand, again, you have to like, it's, I hope people didn't miss it when I was trying to say this before. It's like, but we have to really for ourselves understand where we are, what it is we're looking for, because you may not be in a season of your life where you need to be looking for monogamy. You just need to be looking for how wow. do you relate to the opposite sex? How do I wow. fight for a friendship, right, that's healthy so that if this person is the person I need to be fighting for a relationship with, fighting for engagement, fighting for marriage, fighting in marriage once you get marriage, like fighting to keep that thing healthy before you put the, the horse before the cart. You understand what I'm saying? So it's like we really have to take, in your words, a sober assessment of are we ready to be in a romantic relationship? Are we ready to engage someone to be married? Are we even first ready to be serious about being solo and monogamous with that person? And if we find that in that assessment, either by asking someone that knows us, asking an elder at, in our faith-based institution, uh, asking Big Mama, whoever we need to ask, say, hey, do you think I am emotionally- Ask Big Mama. Is she wearing a wig? Right. Is, she, is she cooking uh, grits on the, on the stove? Go ahead. <laughs> it, just, it just depends <laughs> on what the situation, if it's Sunday or not. But you need to ask people and really assess for yourself, am I emotionally, psychologically, spiritually mature enough to even be thinking about monogamous relationships that will be leading towards romance? Mm. And if you can't Mm. say definitively like, yes, I'm in that position, I don't even think you need to be looking to one-on-one, wait on God, wait for signs, whatever the case may be. I think you should just enjoy the fellowship, the hanging out and kicking it with people, uh, regardless if it's a group setting or one-on-one, but these boundaries need to be set. Hey, this one-on-one hangout 
is for the sake of me getting to know you and how to relate to people in general, as opposed to just saying, hey, it's me and you and we're, we're officially something. Is that clear? Yeah. Yeah. No, that's amazing. So what I'm hearing you say is that being this new creature in your faith does not automate your availability and mingleness, your ability to date. Yeah. And I think it's the assumption, right, that, oh, this is all fixed, so this is all going away until you get into real situation. You, you ever heard of this phrase from Mike Tyson? He says, everyone has a plan until they get punched in the mouth. Yeah. Right? Yeah, that's it. Yeah. Listen, everybody think they're ready to date and to marry until they get into an actual dating relationship. Yeah. And I, I want to close with this, right? You know, it's very challenging to get into relationships and to know anything and to know where to go or to heal or to even begin the dialogue around it. And so sometimes you need a coach. You need someone that can help you and walk with you through it. You ever, you know, anywhere you can find a coach to help you potentially walk through it because of the complexities of all this. Anywhere you can find a coach at? This relationship dating is very complicated, but because of modern technology, there is a very uncomplicated way of finding someone to help you through life transitions and dating. Buildabetterus.com. Yeah. Buildabetterus.com has the availability of finding a coach, finding someone that you mm. can get in your corner to say, hey, it's time to throw in the towel. Or, hey, if you just duck a little faster, next time you won't get hit with that hook. Um, you, mm. you go to Buildabetterus.com and they will give you the one-two combination in life. Mm. Yeah, that's awesome. Uh, I need to go to buildhouse.com because uh, I need some, some help in these areas. And we are set because, you know, what we realize is that it is very challenging to create what we all desire. Um, and our job is essentially to help you become a better you so that we can become a better us. Thank you for tuning in to the Build a Better Us podcast. Don't forget to subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, SoundCloud, or wherever podcasts are played. You too can become a part of the BBU Nation today by continuing these discussions on social media. Be sure to go like our Facebook page, follow us on Twitter at Build a Better Us, and on Instagram at BBU Social. To keep up with other exciting events and resources, visit our website at buildabetterus.com. On behalf of the entire BBU team, we'll see you next time on the Build a Better Us podcast. This episode was brought to you in part by Wheaton College's MA in Humanitarian and Disaster Leadership, which prepares Christian professionals to serve others faithfully and excellently. Called to help people facing disasters, human trafficking, poverty, or displacement as refugees? Visit wheaton.edu slash hdl.